Hello, welcome to our special episode of Business from the Void, our T-Dub podcast special. I'm your host, Ryan Parker. I use all pronouns. I'm 22 years old. That's still wild to think about because it feels like 2020 wasn't real. I didn't age up. Um, I am a staff member at Stonewall U and I have with me today. Hi, I'm Lynn Alder. I use she, they, and he pronouns. I am 31 years old. I am also a staff member at Stonewall Youth. Welcome to Transmissions from the Void. Thank you. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Trans Day of Visibility. It's a holiday that happens every March 31st um, since 2009. Before the podcast started, we were talking about like what was going on in 2009. Like, Were there hashtags? MySpace? Was that still around? Can't remember. I honestly can't remember either. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I feel like I wasn't plugged in literally in 2009. Like, I feel like I didn't become Cynthia until 2010. Walking Dead was on. Anyways, <laughs> here's some history on TDEV. This is from Wikipedia and from some other sources, but I feel like Wikipedia, for all that, you know, she gets discredited. It's a great jumping off point. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a day founded in 2009 by a trans activist named Rachel Crandall of Michigan. Um, and she was like, the only thing that we have is Trans Day of Remembrance. Why isn't there a holiday that celebrates the lives of living transgender people? Um, great question. Great question, Rachel. Um, so she made a holiday, Trans Day of Visibility. And it says that it was with the assistance of U.S.-based youth advocacy organization, Trans Student Educational Resources. But Wikipedia, I feel like, is the only place that says that because even on the TDEV website, it kind of doesn't say that. Maybe it does. I don't know. Um, And then from Wikipedia, I saw that. I was like, okay, well, who is Rachel Crandall? Good question. A really, <laughs> a really amazing, great transition. <laughs> a really amazing, like, activist and, I think, licensed therapist. Um, she has lived in Michigan, if not all of her life, for most of it. And one of the reasons that she came out was because there was, like, a local um, trans organization. Um, and, like, they, she went to this organization and they encouraged her to come out. Like, she comes out at work and in her life, and a lot of, she loses her job, and um, a lot of people stop talking to her, as the trans narrative goes, sadly. Um, but she was like, I would have come out if it wasn't for this org. Then she starts her own org, and they were the first org to have a trans, like, first transgender helpline, transgender helpline in the U.S., Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And that's such a big thing now. I mean, just having transgender helplines, call lines, there's trans lifeline, who we love. Sure. That's really cool. Actually, that's really great context because, like, here's the person who created Trans Day of Visibility. We're going to get into this later, but there's the whole kind of double-edged sword of visibility. And it sounds like she experienced some of that, too but still wanted to uh, focus on the joy of, of it. I feel like the joy of 
I don't even know. I feel like the joy of transness isn't always talked about. Like, I feel like it's more so the, like, oh, you know, like, people aren't going to like you. <laughs> you know, and, like, yeah. you're going to be dysphoric and, like, things are going to be just, like, it's just, like, another hard thing about being a human versus all the greatness that there is with being trans. Yeah, absolutely. People in my life, I came out later in life. I came out in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And the people who and my loved ones were who were supportive, they were also they expressed a certain amount of concern and worry of like, what's going to happen in your life now? Aren't you going to be in danger? And like those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is wild to me it could be it could really color one's like perception because yes. then i'm like i was like i i thought this was a good thing <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. was a good thing i felt like you know it's almost like being it's just like i don't know gaslit seems like too strong of a, of a term for this but i'm just like wait i was telling you this like it was good news but mm-hmm. then when a dozen people are like like giving me eyes about like yeah. and coming at me with a sense of concern about it like kind of masked in supportive language it's like oh cool (laughs) (laughs) it's like when it's like in tv shows it's like i want to be an actor (laughs) it's like oh how are you gonna you know live yeah yeah exactly oh my god yeah that's a great comparison yeah and it's like and they talked about this so recently at some Recently at Stonewall, we watched the movie Disclosure, which if you haven't seen it and you have Netflix, it's a great watch about the uh, trans representation in the 20th and 21st century in Hollywood. So academic. So academic. I. Uh, <laughs> it's something I struggle with. <laughs> being like, I'm an academic, but I'm also not. Um, but it's just, it's real. Um talking about trans representation in Hollywood in the 20th and 21st century, and it talks about... I forgot what my point was. Where was I? What was my tangent? We were talking about disclosure. Disclosure. And then we were talking about... Oh! We were talking about... <laughs> the short-term memory loss is real. Um, we were talking about disclosure and the fact that, like, it should be... Like, when people come out as being trans, and then they come out as being, you know, not cishet, if they do want to come out, because I also feel like people shouldn't have to come out. I'm just like, you just show up one day, and it's like, boom, like, here I am. No no questions asked. No, this is me now. Just be like, let's go, you know? But I feel like it, it's also, like, people should be happy when people decide to change like decide to change how they were before in a positive way of like really getting to know yourself and really being like happy with who you are and like what you're doing especially when it comes to like your gender it's just like wow you like really took the time to like figure out what worked best for you yeah absolutely i agree with that i think we're approaching a time like maybe this century we're coming out doesn't have to be a thing anymore. God, I hope so. But I think the value of it now is just to 
it like makes an impact externally too. It's not really for us. Yeah. As like trans people. Although it does give a convenient opportunity to be like new name, new pronouns. True. Thing, new which is great. Glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but like unlike a new cardigan or something, it's like it's not something I want to like show up and be like, oh, like, you know, and have people be like, oh, new gender. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want people to notice my new shoes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and new sweater or whatever and comment on it. Not necessarily. Not <laughs> necessarily. Oh, like the gender. Yeah. No, that's real. That's not the guess. So it is for, but it is, it does accomplish, coming out accomplishes a like an external like an impact on society as a whole i think it's like a public statement like i am here i am trans throughout history transness any kind of gender nonconformity. i don't even when i'm talking about history i feel weird calling it transness because it hasn't always been called that but it's like what we now call transness yes is has been like erased a lot of times um throughout at least our conception of history you know yeah no definitely like i really think about that a lot of just like how much transness has been erased from history and how like we've probably lost so much good art because of it like yeah not and just like people's experiences being written down and um people being able to identify with that like once again, talking about disclosure, there was a line in it that I, there's a lot of lines in it that I still think about, but the main one was from, um, like, one of the commentators who was saying, like, for children, like, if they don't see it, they don't know that they can become it, and I feel like that's a lot of how I feel as, like, a black trans person, like, um, like, being on Tumblr, being on TikTok, and, like, not seeing people who, like, look like me, um, and who identify how I identify and being like, am I going to be the only person who identifies like how I identify and look like how I look? And like, what's that going to be like, I guess? Mm-hmm. And it's like, do I want to be the first person? I don't know. It's like, do I want to be the first person who I, it's just, it's just weird. It's, I don't even know how to be like, distinguish it in words but it's a line that i think about a lot in this movie yeah there are a lot of great lines in that movie i will say if you're if you are trans and you're listening to this like i do recommend that movie but it could be a a tough watch yeah um and it's also not i found it very cathartic which i think is the experience I mean, I think a trans experience of watching that movie. Um, there's, but it's at the same, it's also like, it's not in that, in that way it is for us, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways it's not, yeah. you know, like I literally want to like that disclosure is required viewing if you're cis and you want to talk to me about movies and it's TV. True. It's true. No more Fight Club. Right. Watch this later. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Do I have to talk to another cis dude about Fight Club? I don't want to. Let's no. Talk about this. <laughs> I'm talking about disclosure. Yeah. No. 
But yeah, I think seeing yourself in other people, I think it's like this innate human, I don't know, quality. It's like, it's like, that's what like the empathy muscle is for, you know, is you like relate to other people and it helps you like become yourself. This is like something, um, what's their full name? Alok Meninvon? I don't know. We have some books by them here in this space. Uh, anyway, but it's like a uh, famous trans person, fam- internet famous trans person, poet. Oh, yes, yes. Um, they, I don't know, they have this idea. I wish I could quote them directly. Uh, I'm so not prepared. Um about how like I don't know trans lives trans people are like I don't know just that like the cutting edge of human experience yeah. um, because it's been kept out of the limelight of like mainstream society mm-hmm. and I guess I don't want to dance around it either I say mainstream society but it's really been like the quote-unquote like western white like colonialism like imperialism ideas of gender and sexuality that have like erased transness yes it's the interesting thing that i it's just interesting that you said empathy muscle oh yeah such like a that's That's one of my like therapy terms i guess yeah that's such a poetic way of saying empathy (laughs) muscle because it really is a muscle of just like wow and it gets tired sometimes. It does know? get tired. You gotta rest it. You gotta rest it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the any personal anecdotes on TDEV? I have a personal anecdote I guess, that's related to everything we've been talking about so far, but not directly trans day of visibility. Yeah. I guess it's a visibility related aspect. I already mentioned how like a lot when I first came out, a lot of people approached me with concern, mm-hmm. which was weird yeah um i didn't realize that that's what people were doing and how much it was coloring my perception until it was like a childhood friend who i had stayed in touch with for a long time was back in town and we went out together and he just he asked me about he's like he's like so what's like what's your life like now like what's better what's the best part about like your life since you came out and i was just like no one's asked me that before that's incredible and then it just like totally like flipped my perception around and it was very very cool i'm really thankful uh to him for that that's i have also never been asked that that's very powerful yeah ryan what's the best part about (laughs) your life since you've like come out or come into yourself i feel like i'm so much cooler now like (laughs) me in high school i feel like i'm into the same things pretty much but i have this understanding of like it's cool that i'm into the things that i'm into Mm -hmm. um and that that self-assurance of like no like i'm i'm the coolest person in the room especially like when i go back home and like i'm with Actually, I'm never really with people who I was in the room with high school, but I remember the specific memory of, like, 
going to like a dinner with people who were in my class in high school and I'm like I'm so gay and trans and like in this room full of at the time cishet people I don't know if they're cishet now but um, <laughs> um, I was like I'm so cool like I was wearing like an outfit that I felt good in my hair was nice I was like I'm so cool and in high school I was I feel like I was made to not be cool and I feel like that is part of my like teed up experience of like this is a day of celebration and being visible but at the same time it's like it's kind of like who gets to be visible and like who doesn't mm-hmm. like a common so Stonewall is like based in Olympia I've been in Olympia now for um oh my god four almost five years I've been in Olympia for almost five years and it's kind of like everyone I I don't have any cishet friends who live in like that was like one of my mom's big things like maybe you should like branch out and like have like all your friends are gay like you're gay you work at a gay place like you should branch out I was like no yeah what why I like it this way. <laughs> um, so there's, you know, but also in Olympia, it's like mostly white people. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish somebody would have shown me a graph of like how many white people, the people of color ratio there was before I moved here. And like, like a real graph. <laughs> and I would have, I would have thought about more things. But anyways, um, and I feel like there's a lot of visibility when it comes to being white and trans that is both you know positive and negative and one of the things like one of the discourses um a few years ago at this point was like you like a lot of like white queers would like meet somebody new and they would immediately get clocked as trans with the phrase oh so what are your pronouns and people would get like rightfully annoyed by that of being like oh like you wouldn't ask anybody else that like why would you ask me that and like one day me and like my partner were talking about it and like they were like that's so annoying when that happens and I'm like that never happens to me like I never walk in somewhere and people are like or meet somebody new and they're like so what are your pronouns like it's kind of like I'm kind of always assumed to not be trans or not clocked in that way, which is like as annoying as that is for some people. I'm kind of like, I, I want you, <laughs> I want you, um, but yeah, I and I feel like that like conversation like came up at a teed of like maybe like, two or so years ago, just like exactly what I just talked about. So, yeah. yeah, like you feel like like you're missing out on that part of being visible. Yeah, but also I know that it's annoying. Right. <laughs> it's like I don't want that, but it's like I wish that, like I wish to be perceived, which maybe I am because I don't know what my like. I wish somebody could tell me how they perceive me, but I feel like it's like, am I perceived? perceived as being cis and then I'm like how (laughs) but it happens 
That's yeah. the lens of cis heteronormativity that everyone has cis had before. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've lost sight of how, like, I'm perceived. Yeah. Too. I can't even conceptualize it, and it hurts my brain to think about it. Because I honestly have no idea. And, yeah, I think, I mean, that brings up a good point about visibility in general, of that there's, on one hand, like we talked about visibility as, like, joy, being out there, being yourself. But here's an aspect of it that's like, oh, it's like being clocked. Yeah. Which is bad but kind of wrapped up in being clocked there's like being recognized True. uh which could be good and i get that there's a in in a certain aspect well tell me if this is part of what it is i think there's a i've noticed both in myself and in the larger just queer world in general not necessarily exclusive to trans uh world but there is like, I don't know whether to call it a fear. There's a certain anxiety around, oh, am I this thing enough? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Oh my God. Well, first, before I answer that, because that's, that's a whole, that's a whole can of worms. It's like, what do you think about the discourse of like, you know, I walk into a place, I meet someone, cis or even trans, and it's like, you know, what are your pronouns? Yeah, I guess I I don't think I have any general thoughts on it. I guess I've tried to avoid I used to be a person who would like think really hard about stuff and <laughs> I try to avoid that now. But, like, truly, I mean that, like, I used, I was totally, you know, like, I was totally the kind of person who would be like, oh, if everyone just did this, you know, like, I had a system for everything that would fix everything. So I try and avoid that now. So I don't have, I don't have any, um, I don't have any, like, big sweeping thoughts about it. Personally, I try to, like, read the space I'm in. Um, like if I'm in a group of people, uh, one, one thing I'll do instead of just straight up asking someone's their, someone their pronoun, I'll like try, I'll try and get consent from the group to go around and introduce ourselves oh. with names and pronouns, you know, I love like, that. I love that. um, maybe we're, maybe the group is down with that. Maybe not, you yeah. know, yeah. and either way is fine with me. Um, I guess I have avoided just, you know, I used to ask people their pronouns a lot more. I've avoided that just because I've encountered the discourse at hand. Um, another strategy I use is just to share my pronouns. Sure. Just it up. Yeah, which creates an opportunity for someone to share theirs if they want. Yeah, I definitely ask people their pronouns if I see them again. Like, you know, I'll be skating around. Do, 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 do. We all frequent the same parking lots. I'm like, oh, that's my last one. Um, yeah. What was your question? 
Oh, am I like this thing enough? Like the want to be recognized. Because that's a part of visibility too. It's like for me, I guess it's all it's been in a way like validation seeking, you know? Definitely. Cause I'm like because I don't feel that I I didn't feel I was trans enough, whatever that means. I guess I felt like because I was like, you know, pursuing HRT and it felt it looking back it wasn't you know but I was asking the people in my life to call me by a different name and use different pronouns mm-hmm. and I guess it felt like a lot yeah you know yeah. um and I was just like oh is this you know and it's like I had spent 25 26 years thinking myself thinking of myself as cishet you know and so it's just like un- undoing that, you know, I was like, I, got, I needed, I felt like I needed a lot of that outside validation. Yeah. So like for me, when it was like, like in, I lived in Portland when I came out, when, when the street harassment stopped being about, you know, like trans related yeah. and started being just like general catcalling, mm-hmm. that felt good for a little bit. No, that's real. Because, like you were saying, like it's that. It's like the the moment of recognition of like I am. This like. The good and the bad that is associated with it. It's still the recognition of I am this thing. Yeah. Like, what did you, what do you think that you like, learned from like that like. Pursuit of of recognition of like visibility like what what are your like takeaways from that that is an excellent question with a a complicated answer this is where i go you know this is my experience and i'm not speaking for all trans people (laughs) um like for me i was pursuing a very in a way, I was pursuing the validation of like binary gender, yeah, and or binary conceptions of gender, yeah. Um, and so it ultimately didn't feel very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> binary stuff. Uh, because, like, it's like turns out my it's like I'm, I'm more complicated than that, sure. and, and that that's like okay. And I don't know, in a way, I, I guess I like needed that validation to like get to where I am now, you know, totally. build a certain like self-confidence or something. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Does that, that answer the sense. question that at all? Makes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. And when I say that binary stuff, I mean that like putting yourself in a box sometimes is really comforting. Like those labels and that, that binary is like, ah, ooh. But then realizing, like you said, realizing, like, there are things about me that can't be put in this box. And how do I get out of the box is very liberating. And I feel like, like, talking about representation and disability on, like, answering that question for me is, like, is there, there's, like, this pursuit of, like, am I enough of this thing? And I feel like I really encountered that when I shaved my head for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to have long luscious hair (laughs) long luscious hair and 
after I graduated college, I was like, I'm like, I decided before I graduated, I was like, I'm going to shave my head because I have all these demons attached to my hair. And like this hair has like just seen a lot. And so fresh start, shave my head. And in the back of my, like shaving my head was totally for me. But in the back of my mind, I was also like, and then when I shave my head, people are going to think I'm more trans. And that's not what happened at all. And I also realized that like, shaving your head as a black person is not an immediate signifier of transness in kind of the same way it is for white people. Like, cause like there are black cis women who have their head shaved and that's just like a part of the culture and it's like, it's whatever. But that's like a whole other tangent about like how being like a black woman is like outside of the gender binary. Catch that episode though. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Whatever <laughs> it happens. Um, and like, oh yeah it's like oh shave my head i'm trans now and then no like people are still gonna assume that i'm cis like whether it comes from like other black people because it's a it's like cultural that black women have their head shaved and that's fine um or it's coming from like white trans people being like oh that person's not the shape um and then i was just like you know like it, it was that moment of, like, I can't care about people's perceptions of me because it doesn't matter what... I could literally shave my head and it and I won't be perceived any, any more trans than what I was before. So I'm just going to do what I need to do personally, and it's fine. Like, yeah. that was literally the moment of being, like, it's whatever, like... Was that a relief, like, freeing in a way, or...? I think so. I think so. I, I'm just the type of person who really attaches on to, like, anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, the lasting emotion for me, sadly. Um, but they say that rage is unprocessed grief, so, you know, there's that. But I think, like, anger around it is, like, my lasting impression. But I, I also do think that there is a freedom in it. And I like that the conversation of transness is coming to a point where it's not, there's no stopping. Like, we're kind of moving away from, like, and this person has transitioned, like, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Versus what I like to think about of, like, this person is becoming. I, like, had this whole existential thing about the word becoming, like, a few years ago about how the word becoming is a word that has an ending, yet its meaning has no ending. And I was just like, oh! (laughs) Just like my mind exploded two years ago, and it still kind of does, of just like, this is where the the idea of transness is evolving to, of just like, we are becoming, we are always changing. Like, there is, even when it seems like there's like a, ah, there's a stopping point, it's like, we're learning more about ourselves and adapting and changing and like that's beautiful mm-hmm. and like maybe people who consider themselves to be cishetch also interrogate gender in that way of like yeah absolutely yeah and i'm really enjoying that of like this i you know like the idea that i had about myself when i was like 12 and how i want to look at 22 is really different now that i'm 22 and i'm like what <laughs> like I want different things, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time, you know? That's a long time. Yeah. So those are my feelings of, like, trying to get to this 
this ideal that we all have of ourselves of just like I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I That's trans day of visibility to yourself. Yeah. Every every day every day is day of visibility for yourself. I I just I wish there was like I guess there are things. There are actually Tito events and things. And then like now I'm like, I want there to be like almost like a birthday party for tea or something. Oh yeah, that would be super cute. Like, yeah. I went. Kind of I did a march in Portland. Oh. It was on tea day. Yeah. It was good. It was small, and but it was fine. I like met a good like half of the Portland transgender population Love when it. I went, which was <laughs> great. Um. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, here we are. There's like, I'm on T-Dub's, like T-Dub.org, and apparently there was like a T-Dub 2018 on Eventbrite. I definitely think of it as a social media thing. Yeah. You know? Right? Which is fine, which is totally, which is great. But They talk about that in an article that like T-Dub in 2015 was like a big thing on the internet of, um, like people sharing like hashtags and stories and photos that have to do with being trans and being visible and that sounds really amazing. I feel like maybe that is what T Dub twenty twenty one and twenty twenty looked like as well. Uh I could open another can of worms. That's kind of, that's what I'm thinking. But... What's the can of worms? The can of worms is I mean we've talked a little bit about the double edged sword of visibility. Mm-hmm. There's like an aspect to that of like what visibility means to safety means for safety we have to talk about that um because like and how that looks very different for very for different trans people yeah let's talk about it so like i know i already mentioned like the moment in my becoming Mm -hmm. when i i'm gonna i'm just gonna start using it you've gifted that to me today (laughs) Um, empathy you've given that to me. It's an it's all an exchange, you know. Yeah. Um, we or uh, yeah, I I already mentioned that moment of. You know when there's like trans related, homophobic related harassment. Yeah. To just like general catcalling. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's about the extent of. Like the danger and violence like that I've uh, been put in um and so like that experience is very different from like the 20 to 35 or so uh trans people that are murdered every year it's true um about every year and those are just the ones we know about yeah um and that's just a very that's just a very it's a very different thing and it happens along the intersections of like class and race yeah definitely and so like i don't i guess i don't know what that means to visibility other than that that's not like i don't know i see a lot of white trans people I'm white, just to put it out there. This is a podcast, I realize. Yeah, I realize that too. I'm like, people can't perceive, like, they're only perceiving us off voice. Like, yeah. <laughs> which I'm also, like, kind of cool with. I'm like, okay. Um, 
but I see a lot of white trans people kind of like claiming that like they're killing us and I'm just like no they're not I mean yes in like solidarity mm-hmm. with that it's but like I get that but it's also it's like like I'm not the one being targeted and I think it's worth being clear about that yes I agree and I think like I think I think about this a lot of just like I and I think that's that's what I was talking about before of like not being able to see black trans people in real life or like on the internet because that's dangerous. Oh that's, yeah. Or it's, oh my god, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 dangerous to be a black person. Period because of white people hating us and it's also dangerous to be a black trans person specifically a black trans woman which i am not um because as beautiful as it is to be visible and i think as important as it is to be visible it's also there is the safety component of being visible and the safety component of coming out like i totally respect if trans women don't want to come out like that's fine like, yeah, absolutely. Live your life. <laughs> live your life. Be safe. I just want to see you. Yeah. Like, I I recently found out that um, I'm not the only trans person on my dad's side of the family. And I had a trans, re- like, an out trans relative who, um, like, was, is a black trans woman. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to meet this person. And my cousin informed me, like, oh, actually, like, she died in her sleep years ago. And I was like, what? Like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, and it, it's, but it's that moment of, like, this person was real. And they're in my family, like, they gave you. <laughs> but, but also just, like, wow, this person was real. They were in my family. I'm, like, not alone. Or, like, I'm not an oddity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. I'm glad that you at least have the opportunity to learn that. I'm glad that they existed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I feel that same thing about trans women in general. Um, I've been in certain situations in my life, not with family, but like work situations Mm -hmm. and stuff where I'm like, this person who's much older than me, like I like came out at work and then they kind of started looking after me. Wow. It's like, and I had read them as cis, but I, they were doing it with such, like, care, mm-hmm. and they talked about it in this way that I think they were, like, on the low, letting me know, you know, That's without cool. without disclosing it <laughs> yeah. to me, but just, like, being, like, no, it's, like, I'm in, I'm, what's that, stealth is yeah. the, is a term. You go stealth, and I totally respect that. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a type, I would categorize that as a type of visibility. It's true. Um, cause you're just out there living your life, you know, like, and that's amazing. Yeah. I, and to go, to go all the way back to one, my original tangent of like the part about the danger of the, the part about visibility of being like, oh, like I don't see black trans people who look like me. And that's really hard because how do I know, or how do I know what to aspire to? Or how do I know what group I'm in if I don't see that? But also for a safety aspect of like, so like, what do you do when you go to work? Like, what do you do when you have to take the bus? Like, 
<laughs> like, like just things like that are just kind of like invaluable to me as like also like a trans young person of being like, like how do you stay safe? But I wish yeah. that wasn't a concern, right? Because I feel like the thing about being visible is like that there's like a responsibility for cishet mainly men for cishet men not to like kill us like they're like that's that's the that's the deal (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like like i just wish there was more comprehensive like people are different it's not worth ending their life over yeah period yeah (laughs) Yeah, period like yeah yeah absolutely i mean i hope that's happening i hope that the more like for society part of visibility is helping with that like that's kind of like the liberal argument about (laughs) it and it's like representation matters you know like in that way yeah like i hope it's working you know me like, too I'm like... <laughs> I, I hope it's working i hope the the sensitivity training is working too but i don't know at least to abate that kind of like you know d- direct violence totally. of, to, of like ending a life um and it's also i don't know like other related conversations are happening too the you know it's like directly addressing like the the pillars that uphold this violence, totally. the white supremacy, the colonialism and imperialism, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I just, you know, like, I, I pray for a revolution. All of our conversations, Ryan, just end up here. It circles back. Like, and, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize that this was such like a, a, a loop for me until I recognized it. Like when I went home, and I would just be, it was literally the Wikipedia game of going from grapes to revolution of being like, yeah, you know, like a fruit is great. The fruit's so good when I come home and then being like labor, exploitation, we should <laughs> it, it's, it's really a loop, but I do hope there's like this like revolution of mindset and that like this like truly like <laughs> this liberal hope that like representation does do something of like i think in i think in the gay way of you know the more like the more gay people that are out and that like people who are not gay have i don't want to say have access to but just know of being like oh like i you know i understand you because i know you and you're not this amorphous concept of like i don't like gay people yeah but i've never met a gay person yeah and i hope that um you know i hope i say hope but i also am like i can't stop thinking about like the harm that will come from that to trans people of having to like explain and live and like but also the joy of like you might have an opportunity for your family to understand you and accept you or for your workplace to not ask you questions and to protect you because they know a real life breathing trans person. And it's like, if I, in the same way, if if I can see you, if I can see that you exist and that you're a person and not just this like talking point on 
drop a news station or a YouTube channel or whatever, then like, I see that you deserve respect and you deserve acceptance. Like, that's like my just like, ooh, warm, fuzzy hope on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it will. I think it's happening. You I know? think it's happening. Conversations are evolving and it's just like our, our, you know, us surviving. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to continue to happen it's, and it's going to continue to find a way to happen. It's true. Uh, as like the whole big amorphous societal situation evolves devolves whatever you want to say regress yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i guess on that note it's like trans people have such good i think instincts for survival too it's true so many of us have just like been through it you know we just yeah we just been through it (laughs) there's no better way to put it like we we just been through it and that's worth celebrating it's true that is worth celebrating is is all of all of what we just talked about the the joys the pains the the hope for the future the gifts of right now is all things to celebrate come march 31st it's march right that that was the the 2021 aspect of this yeah it is (laughs) what's time (laughs) what's time but yeah, thank you for being on the show today. And yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. We hope to have you back for more episodes.